Hi, and welcome to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie podcast. I am April Edmansky, and I'm here today with... Justin DeClue. And Colin Cunningham. And uh, this is now week three of the quarantine? I think so, yeah. It is. Week three, and probably another mm, three months left to go? Yeah, (laughs) I apologize. Last episode, I said by April 1st, I thought things were going to start opening again. (laughs) And that was wrong. I I was so very wrong. It was an April Fool's joke, and well, you got us, well. April. Actually, I think in the episode I was like, ah, "That's not gonna happen." Yeah, you, you that were. Was, that was too soon. <laughs> yeah. How how are you guys holding up? I'm good. I just went outside today for a brief moment, and these streets are packed with people. It's really? crazy. I don't know what's going on. I I so this is why I have not left my house except for uh, you know. Uh, emergency groceries. It's so weird. Yeah, I mean, we've been out, I think, twice probably in the past. In, in the whole, like, three weeks. The whole time, and it, it's been mm-hmm. really quiet outside. Yeah, you guys are downtown, though, so it's not like people getting out of their apartment buildings and letting their kids just slobber all over each other. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I hear the parks are full, although I haven't, I just haven't even really been out because I'm afraid to go outside now. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen when you look out your window and you see somebody mur- being murdered in the apartment across from you? I'll just do, just do nothing. <laughs> As I'm like sitting scared. in my wheelchair with my binoculars. <laughs> yeah. Rings uh, under I, your April, eyes. Oh, there's, a, there's someone being murdered across from the... I mean, no one can see it, but Colin has shoulder-length hair while we're recording this. <laughs> I know. It's like my, everyone's hair is going to get so long. We're all going to be coming out like uh, we just <laughs> got out of some like bunker from the 1950s. Or we're something. all going to have like Jumanji beards. <laughs> Yeah, what's funny what is what year is it? <laughs> this is really affecting men because uh, women's hair is already long, so it's not noticeable when it grows like an extra, you know, couple inches. But with a man, it's like, whoa, you look totally different. Be, uh, like, maybe it's gonna bring in some new fashions: ponytails, yep. and we're mullets. Bring, we're gonna bring uh, back glam rock. We're gonna start yeah, listening to Poison right. and stuff like that. Hey, speaking of rock. What movie did we watch this week, April? <laughs> Something that rocks. Um, it was uh, one that we have talked about before, but yeah. not at, at length. It was John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. Now, I, I said I would never do this movie again. I don't know what came over me. Justin, this yeah, is... Yeah, I just got a message at like 3 a.m. in the morning that was Colin going like, we're watching Ghosts of Mars, man. You can't stop us. We're buckled in. <laughs> we can't turn back now. <laughs> what prompted the watching of it? I don't know. I think I was just postponing because it was my turn to pick and and uh, he was gonna pick Veronica I was procrastinating but I was <laughs> yeah. gonna pick Veronica and then I'm like what if it just sucks and there's nothing really to talk about one of the rare times that I said I don't want to watch that movie yeah you bowed out very wisely yep. <laughs> yeah and as our listeners will find out next week's Patreon is Veronica without Oof. Justin Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, I don't know why. I think I was just putting it off, and it, I just said, what the hell? Let's just do Ghosts of Mars. And then we looked at iTunes, and it was four ninety nine to rent and four ninety nine to buy. Did we buy it? <laughs> no, I just rented it because I didn't want it in my library. <laughs> really? Okay. But I don't know. I may have changed my mind after watching it. Yeah, I got an a, a email afterwards. <laughs> I say email. I just like Colin wrote a long letter of Where apology did, being like, you Justin. know what? Ghost of Mars? Maybe John Carpenter's best film? I did not say that. <laughs> well, we talked a, a little bit about it on our Escape from L.A. episode. Um, as I've been told, it's often been referred to as John Carpenter's worst film. And after seeing it, 
it's really not I'm not gonna say it's a good movie but it's not that bad it isn't as bad as I remember it and this was like the first time I've seen it uh since I watched it years ago since it came out not that uh, I watched it later on in my kind of John Carpenter fan phase, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you didn't see it in the theater? You weren't no, like all no. excited to go and like, I don't know, rock out with Marilyn Manson? What was this, like 2001? Yeah. Yeah, around there. I was shocked to see that his previous film to this was Escape from L.A. That's crazy. So and what then, was that? That was 97, maybe? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then he didn't do another movie for like 10 years. Yeah, I think Until this is the, the movie <laughs> He just retired after. He said, I'm not going to do another movie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then he came back to do The Ward, which I really honestly don't remember anything from. So we should start with like this movie was a big flop when it came out. Yeah. It cost $34 million, which doesn't seem like that much. But when you watch the movie, sure seems like a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really see it on screen. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's because they had to, they spent all the money on getting Ice Cube, man. They wanted that star power. Mm. I mean, Ice Cube in this movie. I mean, I love him, but he looks sleepy and out of shape. <laughs> he does look sleepy. Yeah, he's a little <laughs> muted. Like yeah. a, he's on some cold medication or something. And the big story goes that like this was supposed to be Kurt Russell. Yeah, Could you imagine is... a version of this movie with oh. the Snake Plissken character? Yeah. It would well, be amazing. Well, I had no idea. I'd never heard that before. And then just like reading the IMDb trivia, it said, yeah, it was supposed to be the follow-up movie to Escape from L.A., I guess. So and this then, would be Escape from Earth? From Earth, I, I suppose. I but, guess. Uh, yeah, Escape from be, L.A. just bombed. Would it have been the same plot? I mean, April, start us off what the plot of this movie is. Um, or try to. I, have but I hope little, there's a lot of flashbacks in it. Yeah, in your, I have uh, a little trouble with the beginning of this movie because it's so front-loaded with exposition. <laughs> it's hard to keep up. Yeah. Ooh, I do love the title card. Society, matriarchal. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, which I didn't even understand. Colin had to explain it to me. Well, they didn't. Um, you missed it. You were in the kitchen, oh. so you didn't see the text come up. But they really don't go into that much no Uh, it's like hinted at here and there yeah yeah. but it's not like it doesn't affect any decisions that people make no not really but uh, it's it's, you know john carpenter Mm -hmm. being progressive i guess in 2001 all right so correct me if i'm wrong we start off with our main character natasa henstridge being like talked to by like a board of directors about what happened on mars and then it goes into her story about what happens so immediately we're in a flashback yes that's the framing device what's amazing about this is that like it's confusing because we keep going back to it like within flashbacks that people are telling within the first flashback yeah i think at one point it goes three layers deep so Immediately, we start with a flashback of the train. She was on a train, and it just sort of like drifts into town. It's like this main city on Mars, mm-hmm. uh, and then it cuts back to the her telling her story to the to the council. So it's like we have a very brief flashback, and then we're back <laughs> yep. in the main story. And then we start into the actual flashback, which is most of the movie. But the whole movie does that. It keeps going into people telling stories, and then you see it and. Uh, I haven't seen this many um, flashbacks within flashbacks since I read Wuthering Heights. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a great example. It's a very literary film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but okay. Let me just try and set up the plot. So um, Natasha Henstridge mm-hmm. is a part of... All right, all right. The, we'll just call her Natasha because I feel like we're all going to strangle her yeah, name I don't know every her, time we try to say it. The, the star species, Natasha Henstridge. Yeah, species herself. So she's like a Mars police force person mm-hmm. and they're going 
to this area on Mars. We're never on Earth in this movie, are we? No. No, okay. we're always on Mars. All right. So she's going to this like prison to pick up Ice Cube. I think it's on a mining colony yeah. or something like yes. that. Desolation Jones. Yeah. <laughs> so he is a criminal they need to bring somewhere else. And then when they get there, all of the guards and the miners are missing. And then they realize that they've all gone crazy. They've been possessed by some ghosts of Mars. And they and I, become like cannibals, kind of. I like that um, when I th- we throw to April doing a summary, she like sums up the entire film. Yeah. And then we go back beat by beat. Beat by beat. And talk about you, how wrong I am. No, no. <laughs> no we, you no, just no. have to do the you premise. Just the premise. The setup. Yes. And so, like, when we're on this train, there's already a cavalcade of stars. You got <laughs> Peter Jason. You got Keith Carradine. Keith Carradine. And, Who's Peter Jason? Uh, he is the uh, conductor, like the white-haired guy. Oh, yeah. In all the older of guy. John Carpenter's movies. That's yeah. right. I believe he's the one in They Live who's like, they gave you a great package if you join them. Yeah, I, I recognize him. Mm-hmm. I don't he know looks kind of like Tom Atkins without a, a mustache. Yeah. And then you also have Clea Duvall, who was all over the place around this period of time. Yeah, she had like, she was never like the main character of a movie, but she was Mm. like a supporting character in like a ton of stuff. Was she in Carnival Uh, at this point? Yeah, I think she's most, most people know her from Carnival, but then not everybody watched Carnival. So um, I don't know what she's Uh, most famous for. The Faculty, which she was a very big part of. I've still never seen that. You've never seen The Faculty? Oh my God, I really want to watch that. It's genuinely good. Maybe, uh... Robert Rodriguez's most fun film. Okay. I love The Faculty. It's great. Mm-hmm. We were, uh, I was actually going to work on that movie. They, oh, we, were we you? Bit out one of the scenes. I, uh, I haven't seen the movie, but there's like a fish tank where they put mm-hmm. some monster in a fish tank and then it grows and like. Yep. John Stewart's in that scene. Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. His eye uh, stabbed. Oh, all right. We also have Pam Greer, who's like the boss of this gang. Returning. I feel so bad for Pam Greer because I'm sure John Carpenter was like, listen, I did you a dirty on Escape from L.A., treated your character like crap. We didn't even get to see her die in Escape from L.A. This time, I'll treat you with respect. Oh, and that's so not what happens. It's basically no. the same the same treatment. She dies off yes. screen, right? I think yeah, she I does. can't even remember how she died in this movie. Oh, wait. Yeah, sorry. She's beheaded. But yeah, she's beheaded. But you don't see it. No. No, but she has a real cool duster that she wears uh, the entire time. Yeah, I noticed she's the only one that has that cool extra coat. I think maybe Clea Duvall has, but everybody else has like short. No, hers is longer. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) And I save best for last, uh, Jason Statham with hair, which is very important. Oh, my God. So this is him. uh, This must have been after Snatch, obviously. Yes, after Snatch. He's He's bald in Snatch, though, isn't he? Was he even... uh, in the transporter by this point? Uh, yes. He, no, it wasn't. It was years later because it was Snatch, a movie called Turn It Up, Ghost of Mars, The One, Mean Machine, and then The Transporter. Oh, wow. So this is definitely before he had yeah. any yeah. kind of He was not a star celebrity. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. He has a lot he's of- He's just a very horny man- that's his main car- characteristic in this he movie. He is so pervy in this movie. He constantly, <laughs> yeah. constantly is just leering at Natasha Henstridge and like <laughs> and and propositioning her for sex and the the breathing thing. And so this is funny. I pointed this out to April. She didn't notice it, but as soon as I did, you can't not listen to it. And it's uh, anytime Jason Statham. I, I guess this is why he's so nasally when he talks. Kind of talks like this. 
But his mic is so hot that anytime he finishes a sentence, you can hear his mouth breathing. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why. Like, is it because, like, Jason Statham's like, Oi, I'm giving you one, and then I'm off. I don't know if he just uh, breathes through his mouth, but listen for it. Anytime he finishes speaking, you you hear a... Maybe it's because, you know, he was previously a professional, I think, swimmer or diver? I think he was an Olympic diver. Yeah, and so he's only breathed through his mouth for some reason. Maybe no, he, it makes him more agile. No, he had his uh, his nostrils surgically sutured up <laughs> so he didn't have to wear nose plugs. Maybe it had yeah. something to do with, like, the respirators in the movie and he was trying to, like, method act and be like... Oh, yeah, he's method. I mean, th- this is a movie filled with, like, really goofy details, like the fact that they wear goggles because yes. the air pressure on Mars is too much. Yeah. But the goggles look silly. As I said, they, they, look, they look like a mix between, like, swimming goggles and, like, um, uh, a laboratory goggles. Yeah, they're big and goofy. It's like something you'd wear if you're, like, sanding drywall or... Like, Maybe Jason Statham was like, Oi, I need to wear my goggles. My goggies. The goggles yeah. do nothing. <laughs> so they make it to this mining colony. They get off their train, and we're introduced to a set right out of Babylon AD. Yeah, it looks like. Which cost a lot of money, too, that they had to paint this whole set. Yeah, this is a big one. So it was, I guess, shot in a rock quarry. Mm-hmm. And I, it's I, so ugly, and yeah, we're there for the whole movie. Yeah, well, it's like basically like a western town again. This is John Carpenter, so you know this is like high noon or something, or some town that you'd see one of these things. But they had to spray paint the entire thing with like uh, food dye or something. Mm. <laughs> it's probably like super toxic or something like that. <laughs> That's, That's why, why Jason Statham can't mouth. breathe. He's like. <gasps> <laughs> Oh, these fumes are killing me. Yeah, but I'm a professional and I'm a tough guy. You see the hair? I can't stand the smell. I gotta breathe out me mouth. <laughs> yeah, maybe Natasha Hendricks just like was farting the entire time. <laughs> and Jason Statham is like. <gasps> He's like, please, Natasha, stop farting. And she's like, I'm the star of this movie. Have you seen Species? <laughs> yeah. That's my name above the title. You know, I haven't seen Species. So this is the, it's not very good. This is the only thing I've ever seen her in, and I did not like her in this movie. I'm sure she's a very nice woman, but I didn't think she was acting good. And <laughs> and she looks like a soccer mom. I'm sorry. I'm not getting like hot, scrappy mercenary from her. I'm getting suburban mom. I don't know. She's pretty hot for a suburban. I mom. just that's I just don't see. Her acting, like as I this like character. that kind of suburban momness, just because it's like a blue collar kind of thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. she's not a superhero. She's not even a Snake Plissken. She's just somebody doing a job. And yeah. I can see what April's saying that like she, all her lines are like very clipped with no emotion. Yeah, it's very flat. I mean, she she certainly doesn't have charisma. I would say it's mm-hmm. just too laid back of a performance. Yeah, I'm not saying she has to be super over the top, but I just I got the feeling that the character didn't care. The yeah. actress didn't care it's very maybe. one note but then they do set it up that she's on drugs she's a drug addict mm-hmm. so maybe that's the excuse yeah you kind of see her on the train as they're going to this town in the intro and then she kind of pops a pill and everybody Ugh. seems to know yeah it's like, like it's it's kind of like almost smoking weed that you know some yeah. people do it some people don't but i think the drug is called clear and when she takes it like she, you just see waves crashing in front of her face hey, yeah. i think that might be my favorite part of the movie uh Except for maybe the music, but we'll get to that. With the, um, the drug trips? I like that. Well, it only happens like 
twice. It does. Um, yeah, but we'll, I, we'll I, talk about the second one when we get to it. Well, yeah. I'll start uh, what my favorite part is because it's just relevant as we're getting into this movie. And oh my god, it's the dissolves. Oh, there are shit. Which, so many dissolves in this movie. Like, you can't even explain it to somebody. So <laughs> there's scenes where they like walk across a room. There's a scene where they like see Ice Cube for, yeah. or something and yeah. you, there's three dissolves. It's so it weird. No sense. It's almost like they were trying to save time. It's like, you know, let's shave a few seconds off here and then just do it dissolve. But it's like, you yeah, know. Yeah, but the yeah. time it takes to do that cross dissolve is adding more time. Yeah. It it's is. like you're walking eight feet and you don't want to show them the entire way. So you it's just cross dissolve. It's almost as if like, you know, they put a few dissolves into it and John Carpenter was like, oh, we need to add more <laughs> or it'll just feel weird. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, be- let's make it a theme of the movie. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought. And it's like, at mm-hmm. one, at what point did they decide, okay, this is going to be like a, a stylistic thing that we're going to yeah. go with for the entire movie. We gets, live within a dream. It gets ridiculous. <laughs> I guess that's the idea, but you'll notice towards the end, there, there, there aren't cross dissolves. Like the uh, There end. are also like weird Star Wars wipes at some point yes yeah, right sound effect they're just like at one point like oh we can't keep doing dissolves it's like what yeah. else do you got and then they do like a little like horizontal wipe jason statham got his own like diagonal cross dissolve when when we <laughs> when we go back and find out his part of the story oh, well like and right here we get my i mean i could pick two favorite things uh, unless i'm stealing it from you guys is the insane flashback structure of this movie oh my like, god like, they get to the Mars base, and I think uh, Natasha's like, hey, save some hot water for me. And then they go off and do stuff, find some weird stuff. And then they say, <laughs> they meet other people, and they go, oh, this is what happened when we last saw you. And then you see her go, save some hot water for me again. Yeah, we see the same things <laughs> twice. And that happens when she's talking to Jason Statham over the comm. It's like, they have a conversation, and mm-hmm. then we see Natasha's uh what she does next and Mm -hmm. then later we go back and they have the same conversation and then we see what jason statham does next it's like we didn't need to see that twice (laughs) or they just could have intercut it some way you know what i mean like have Mm -hmm. parallel storylines going on but they every single time they meet somebody in this movie that person has to stop and tell their backstory and then we we launch into a flashback (laughs) and then we see it we're getting to the best flashback of the movie because they find some survivors in this deserted camp oh that's right (laughs) and one of them goes well I was in a weather balloon Oh, and then yeah, it cuts yeah. to someone just flying in a weather balloon. This is and ju- when that weather balloon crashes, there are three dissolves in that explosion. Uh, <laughs> that looked like the surfing or the flying scene from Escape from L.A. Yeah, that's right. April just it looked did. at me and she's like, this is some Escape from L.A. level special effects here. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of miniatures in the film, too. Like yeah. the train is a miniature. I'm assuming, yeah, the train is, yeah. Which is actually pretty good until it blows up at the end. And I think the fire <laughs> kind of gives away the scale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But the- so they find these survivors and it gets pretty fast into like, ah, there's ghosts of Mars because something weird's going on. Yeah. So the, one of the survivors is Joanna Cassidy. She was uh, Zora in Blade Runner that gets shot in the back by uh, uh, Harrison Ford. Snake She's lady. The, the snake lady. The exotic right. dancer. Oh, she does not have much to do in this movie. No. She kind of just plays a drunk, I guess. She's she's not, yeah. well, yeah, she's drinking out of a flask at one point. She is kind of 
like an exposition person because she's like a scientist or an archaeologist and she let out the ghosts of Mars. <laughs> Which we find out later. <laughs> yes, we do. But first, I guess people are just wandering around in their own, you know, universes because we get another flashback of I think Jason states them and then like somebody else gets one. Sometimes there are flashbacks within flashbacks. But we're already in a flashback at the beginning of the <laughs> <Yep>. movie. So <laughs> there's multiple levels of flashbacks within flashbacks. Well, you know what? To be honest, the flashbacks didn't bother me as much as the cross dissolves bothered me. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's because I'm an editor, but it's just so hard. Um, you have to like rearrange your brain because when we see it dissolve, we're used to it being a passage of time, right? right. Mm-hmm. And when it's not, it just becomes unsettling and annoying. And to this, th- this was like a Zucker Brothers movie that was making fun <laughs> of cross dissolves. That was Do the you amount. Think it was a studio note. Like add more. John Carpenter gave his cut, and they're like, "This is too slow. You got to figure out a way to speed this up." I don't feel like it sped it up, though. But no. I, I feel like, you know, if that was the case, then they would have just intercut parallel storylines mm-hmm. instead of playing one out and then, hey, what were you doing the entire time I was doing that? Well, let me tell you. That seems <laughs> well, to be wasting more time. <laughs> Save some hot water for me. It's I mean, like they the were trying storylines don't add context to anything that's going on. It's just like more stuff. Yeah, it's just yeah. very, very strange. So then Jason Statham, uh, so Pam Greer's death, we find out that Jason Statham is like sort of chasing this person who's running away from town. And then we see him, uh, that person carrying something. It's obviously Pam Greer's head and he kind of like mounts it onto a pike. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Jason Statham sort of follows this character and then comes across this group of people, this sort of like (laughs) growing army of these people. Which is like 10 feet away from where everybody else is. And they're like chanting and screaming. They're screaming, yeah. Yeah, they all have these like makeshift weapons and they've all kind of uh, done like self-piercing on their faces. So (laughs) these are the uh, miners and I guess the prison guards. And when you get possessed by a ghost of Mars, you become like a tribalistic person who Mm -hmm. uh, mutilates their face and you can't talk, you can't speak, you just scream and... Uh, you just want to kill things, I guess. It's it's almost like a, a an offensive portrayal. I was just of, about to say, kind of a racist stereotype. Yeah, of when like you consider its Western origins. Yeah, oh, I know that's it's true, Mars, yeah. but it's like it, it's like an indigenous mm-hmm. people, right? And mm-hmm. it's like gross how they portray it. But someone told me when we were talking about this that he remembered a line where they talk about that like the ghosts were also an invading species. Oh, I can't remember. That killed the indigenous people, but it was probably during the second trip out sequence and I was just laughing at the like World of War of Warcraft style cutscene. Oh yeah, I was well, it, as soon as Jason Satham kind of comes upon this sort of army or this group of people, I should say. And they're all, you see them that they're all chanting towards this one leader. His uh, name in the credits is Big Daddy Mars. Ah. So, like, who was Big Daddy before he got possessed by the ghost of Mars? Was he just, no like, idea. a muscle man? He's a wrestler. He? Well, he doesn't even look like he's human. He just has, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, these facial structures that are kind of like Klingon-esque or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's wearing this ridiculous outfit. Yeah, but it's And like, also, he's, how, do, how does he sound, Colin? Well, he this, sounds like a baby. This was That's the funniest thing like. because he's doing his Martian dialect or whatever the hell it is. But it's just like, yeah, it's like da da boo boo. It honestly feels like 
the actor went, oh, you know, I can figure this all out, uh, Mr. Carpenter. I can do, you know, a different voice or intonation based on this. And John Carpenter, like, took a drag from his doobie, <laughs> looked up from his PlayStation and went, yeah, you know, whatever. Just, <laughs> we'll dub it in post. Actually, didn't, then, I, didn't I read that, like, the prosthetics made it hard for him to talk or something? Yeah, so... his, his prosthetic teeth, because when you're right. taken over by a ghost of Mars, your teeth all of a sudden become really pointy. <laughs> Like a, like a vampire. Yeah, they look like Christopher Walken in uh, Sleepy Hollow. He's like mm. filed all his teeth down, but apparently the, the prosthetic teeth uh, made it so he couldn't say anything other than ah sounds. Ah, blah, blah, Wait, blah. You know what? I lied when you said vampire. John Carpenter's vampires came between Escape from LA and Ghost of Mars. Oh, okay. And that also go. triggered in my mind John Carpenter's vampires is also filled with fades and dissolves. That's right. Oh, I've never so seen that. So it's definitely something that he was, you know, going towards stylistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that was him trying to evolve out of the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, what are the kids like these days? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I didn't get the like John Carpenter feel from this movie. And maybe it's because I haven't seen many of his 90s stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm used to his more 80s style. Mm-hmm. And if and if you didn't tell me that he directed this, I probably wouldn't know. Uh, I mean, it feels almost like a greatest hits of John Carpenter. Yeah, like it, it has um, the assault on Precinct Thirteen. It has the thing of like who's possessed by a ghost of Mars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like everything in a blender, pretty much. It has like Prince of Darkness and the POV shots, which are like I guess shot on like mini DV. It looks like that when the person gets killed, that's possessed by a ghost. The yeah. ghost goes in the air and it's like looking around for who else it'll take over. Yeah, that's the weird thing because they kind of set up that you really don't want to kill these things because mm-hmm. as soon as you do, the body dies, but then the, the spirit of the Martians sort yeah, of just flies so out in the air. they should have just locked them up or something. Yeah, and at one point they even say they're, the ghosts are carried along by the wind. <laughs> yeah, I was confused by that because I was like, does Wait that mean the ghost when it like floats in the air? It's like, whoa! <laughs> Could they use fans at one point? They're like, fan away the ghosts! Yeah, so, that's a good idea. So if you just like kill everybody in a tornado or something... <laughs> And they just yeah, fly they want to create away. like a tornado. But they kind of establish when uh, the person's killed in prison that these ghosts can fly around no problem mm-hmm. on their own sort of will. It doesn't seem uh, like I the think be- they don't like doors because, like, at one point a door gets closed and the ghost is like, <laughs> <laughs> It's like, so wait, are they physical? It's like, I don't yeah. get it. Well, uh, well they look physical because in a flashback you see like a big red wave coming down yeah. and possessing the miners. Yeah, it's like a dust cloud or something. But yeah. then later it's like invisible. To mm-hmm. Yeah, so like what if the wind just stopped? Does that mean... <laughs> Maybe they did shoot it like a big red fart just like floating around. <laughs> a fart cloud. <laughs> yep. You just fart them away. Yeah, because the ghosts go out through the butt and in through the butt. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's around this time that our hero, Nahat- Natasha Henstridge, actually gets possessed by... <laughs> You're going for it, okay, April. Okay. So Wait, hard. we skipped a big part, and that was my man, Ice Cube. Oh, yeah. So they yeah. discover Ice Cube, and he's locked up. Well, first of all, they come into the sort of jail area, and there's just dead bodies everywhere. Everyone's been slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone just assumes that it's, you know, Des- Desolation Williams. Uh, but How could it be him, though? He's locked up in a cell. Locked up in a cell, but then, you know, as you'll see in his flashback, <laughs> <laughs> he, explain- <laughs> he explains that everybody was all dead by the time he got there. Right. Uh, there's a, actually a really funny flashback thing, which is he goes, I was just walking in and everybody was dead. And then you see he's like actually going to rob 
Yeah. And then he walks in and everybody's dead. I mean, I don't know what like John Carpenter's doing in this movie. Like Ice Cube gets no introduction. It just cuts to him kind of like sitting there sleepily in his cell. Well, I guess it makes sense if it was supposed to be a Snake Plissken movie. You wouldn't really need yeah. one. But it would like pull the camera back or something like that to introduce him. Nah, he's just sitting there. We just cut to him. Yeah, and it's like he's on a monitor too. You see the back of his head or something. And so uh, Ice Cube, he he gets out. He helps them because you know some of the people they found they got possessed, which leads to like some martial arts fights that they have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and is this around the time we meet his boys, right? Uno, dos, tres. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> is that their names? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uno's his brother. <laughs> Which and is- uh, we think they're good guys and they're not good guys. It doesn't really matter that much, but it's a fun aside that you get to introduce uh, three more characters. Yeah. Mm. So they like spring them and then they take control. They get all the guns. And then I guess like everybody oh. realizes they have to work uh, together. Well, there's the greatest switcheroo of all, which they go, please show us where Desolation Jones is. And they bring him to a cell. Yeah. The brothers go in, they're like, desolation! And then Natasha and Jason Statham just step back and close the cell. <laughs> the old switcheroo. They tricked them. They're real smart. Yeah. They're like, no! So what was your favorite part, Colin, as we're go- going through this plot here? Well, I was going to say the soundtrack. And, uh, you know, oh, John... robbing it from April. Well, we, hey, she's, she I, had I sa- her thing to I say. I said the drug trip, but I have something okay. to say about the soundtrack. But, Colin, you go first. Well, I know April was very annoyed because we kept, you know, saying it was like new metal and this and that mm-hmm. and Marilyn Manson. It's not new metal. I was wrong. It isn't really, but I remembered it that way as well. And she mm. was giving me grief through the entire movie. Like, this is not new metal. And she, she like puts on a Mud Honey album. She's like, yeah, this is new metal. <laughs> well, let me just preface. So, okay, go ahead. Let me just preface by saying we recently watched the new metal movie uh, of the world, Queen of the Damned. Oh, um, and I've seen that. Could have done that. I've seen it. I've seen it a lot growing up. I, I loved it, um, and I love new metal. I've been listening to the soundtrack for years, but we rewatched it. Well, Colin had never seen it um, because uh, another podcast was doing it. We hate movies, and I thought I wanted to revisit it. It's a really bad movie, you guys. Oh my god, it's terrible! <laughs> I've never seen Queen of the Dead. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, watch it, but uh, new metal is actually in the plot. Because uh, Lestat becomes a rock star because the sounds of new metal wakes him up from his hundred years sleep. Because he hates it, he's like, "Oh, it's so yeah. bad." No, he, he loves. He decides it. he wants to be the next Jonathan Davis of Corn, and then he immediately joins a band. He takes over as the lead singer for this and band, becomes a sensation. Yeah. Um, wow. But so All this right. we'll save that for a Patreon episode in the future, yeah, or maybe for a sure. regular episode. Absolutely. But yeah, so this soundtrack of Queen of the Damned is you know everybody. Um, corn, we we Slipknot. Well, we didn't find out until the very end. Oh, you're talking uh, about... Oh, I'm sorry. talking about Queen of the Dam. Okay, but anyway, continue. I'm just saying there's actual bands from the era doing um, songs in that movie. Cut to uh, Ghosts of Mars, and it's just D- John Carpenter the whole time. So I was like, what the hell? You yeah. guys missold this. Yeah, but it's John Carpenter. Not really, as Colin's about to say. Yeah, yeah so we were... Uh, so this is one of the first movies that I actually watched the end credits all the way through. And I was just sitting on the couch, like banging my head and looking at April like, yeah, yeah. Of all time. You're like, we're staying all the way to the end. (laughs) And I wasn't waiting for like a Marvel stinger or anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the very end, it's like a music by John Carpenter. And then he had, 
was it Anthrax? Anthrax and Buckethead. And Buckethead. So he brought all these legit bands. And April play was, with him. She was kind of pissed off because she's like, oh, this is just John Carpenter trying to, you know, do metal. Although trying to do new metal. Although I, I still liked it because yeah. I, I like John Carpenter's music. Yeah, it's pretty. Well, you guys have seen that internet video, right? That was on the DVD of him like rocking out with Anthrax and no. Buckethead in the recording studio. Ugh. It's very funny because it looks like. The only reason he brought them in was so like John Carpenter could jam with them. Yeah. yeah well, why not, man? He's we, living his best life. Well, we were like singing the soundtrack like after the movie, the whole movie. It's, <laughs> it all sounds, it's just this like, you know, it's very like uh, dirty sounding guitars. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so good. Yeah, it sounds very John Carpenter-ish. It totally. From like, because those guitars don't actually kick in until the second half of the movie. Yeah, when everything's going ape shit well if you go mm-hmm. back to like in the mouth of madness which is like um early to mid 90s mm-hmm. uh i absolutely love the opening song to that and that's him being inspired by metallica that's right and so mm. just kind of flash forward a few years it this is that only he's trying to be a little more relevant so he's trying to be <laughs> more of a more into the new metal style but not quite <laughs> Can I somehow put dissolves into the music (laughs) that work? You sure can. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, so the person listening understands what's happening. Yeah. So at this point, the movie essentially turns into them going to see if the train is there and then going back, then going back out again, then coming back. A lot of back and forth. Yeah. They kind of, they establish a time limit earlier on. The the train will be back in what, like 12 hours or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why. Why they couldn't just wait? Uh, why couldn't they just wait? <laughs> and where does it go? Yeah, it goes. I, I guess it's a big loop around Mars. I guess I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, but I mean, th- literally, they were just there to go to the jail to pick up Ice Cube. So how long could that take? That this train has to continue on? Was it bringing supplies or something to the rest maybe of Mars? Maybe they said it at one point. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was just bringing <laughs> things to the other colonies or something like that. And so at one point they figure out like, oh, we're going to work together. We're going to put all these weapons. We're going to go out. And they just kind of like run to the train. The train's not there. And then they just, and then uh, Ice Cube is like, what's plan B? He's like, I'll show you. And they (laughs) just start blowing people away. Yeah, he's got two machine guns, one in each hand. And he's just shooting them out sideways. He doesn't care. And the uh, big trailer moment. They have a really, really good kill in this. I think it's uh, Cleo Duvall. Well, I think that's mm-hmm. later. Oh, that's later. Sorry. One guy, he gets his arm chopped off because the bad guys have these like metal discs. They're just like buzzsaw yes. blades. Yeah. Circular blades. Wait, I have to stop you guys for a second because I just saw that one of the old guys that's in the cell was played by Doug McGrath, who is a Canadian legend who stars in Going Down the Road. Oh, he was probably in the cell with Joanna Cassidy. Yeah, exactly. And he's also in Black Christmas and Porky's. Oh. Canadian Did they legend. Did this movie apparently. in Vancouver? They must have. Uh, uh, I think. You know what the no, very. No, it was like India or something, right? Uh-oh. No, it hmm. was. Uh, God, where was it? It said in the credits, <laughs> we forget. I think it's like somewhere in Eastern Europe, maybe Prague. But yeah, then... I see here New Mexico. That's probably where they New shot Mexico, it. New yeah. Mexico, yeah. But then I thought they had like a, a Quebec credit at the at the very end they, or something like they, that they they had an ontario credit so the effects uh, were probably done here mm, i'm guessing yeah maybe they got tax credits by getting good old doug mcgrath to show up <laughs> yeah what uh what? And, i mean hey natasha henstridge is canadian oh that's right okay 
Canadian legend. You know, the action scenes in this movie, uh, not so hot, especially when they're firing guns. It's just like firing and then it cuts to somebody like flying through the air in an explosion. Yeah, it's it, all very random. It has a cheapness to it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's not great. Um, and we mentioned the effects are pretty bad. Um, I thought that this was like a special effects heavy movie. There's really not, not really. that much. No. But we, for, we, we were going to say, like, the guy gets his hand chopped off, and you're like, whoa. And then all of a sudden, it's followed his, up his, by head, his head gets chopped off. And it's a good kill. We yeah. both, we both yeah, just went. it made me laugh. I mean, there's some pretty um, wonky decapitation effects that they do try to mix practical elements in. It looks like the blood spurting out of uh, their neck is yeah, practical definitely. on set. Yeah. I was kind of I was glad they didn't go digital. And I think uh, mm-hmm. hopefully, like, Escape from L.A. kind of, like, taught him that. Other than the, the balloon scene, I don't think there's anything really egregious. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. April, I have to ask you this question. Did you ever go for a look like Big Daddy Mars in this movie? <laughs> uh, you mean like a, like a goth makeup look? Yeah, like Marilyn, La- uh, Marilyn, Lanson. Uh, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Not quite that far. I did used to like dress all in black and had like black eyeliner and black eyeshadow and black lipstick. <laughs> and you were like, goo goo gaga. I should go. Yeah. That's how she wakes up every morning. <laughs> Oh man, I she feel has bad to get for that the ghost out of her. Well, th- there was a really funny story about this. It was actually kind of sad, and I told you on Twitter, Justin. But years ago, I oh yeah, I, I think it was after I watched uh, Ghost of Mars for the first time. I was kind of reading up about uh, the Comic Con. I think it was two thousand one before it came out, and uh, there was a lineup. I think it was uh, the one. It was like a Comic Con. It was one like of the big Jet Li's ho- the one. Yeah, it was Whoa, one of the that's big, a Statham double. It was one of the uh, the big like comic-con halls mm-hmm. uh so they had ghosts of mars was on the panel and followed up by sam rainey's spider-man the first spider-man movie mm. so mm. uh and i read the story and it was really really sad to read and then they had this picture so joanna cassidy came out on stage to do the q a and uh the actor who played big daddy mars came out but he was in full makeup and costume and uh, they had showed they showed the trailer for Ghosts of Mars right before they came out, and apparently everybody was booing because all they wanted to see was Sam Raimi and the Spider Man presentation. Oh, and John Carpenter, so John Carpenter was late, so he didn't show up. So it was just Joanna Cassidy and then this Big Daddy Mars on stage uh, in front of this rabid booing audience. Oh. And uh, eventually, John Carpenter showed up. <laughs> And he said, hey, who wants to see the trailer again? And everybody was like, boo, we want to see Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody was just booing him and chanting. And they just started chanting Spider-Man and basically like, just chased them off stage until Sam Raimi came out. Uh, so it was very, very sad. Oh, poor Big Daddy Mars. I, I mean, know, he's he, probably just some stuntman, right? It, he is, yeah. I know he doubled for uh, Ben Affleck in Batman v Superman, uh, Dawn of Justice. Oh, still working. He's been in a lot of other things, yeah. But, uh, but he always looks like Big Daddy Mars. That's <laughs> actually always, what he looks like day to day. That's his base costume before he puts <laughs> yeah. on anything else. Oh, yeah, he's super busy. He is, like, in the Marvel movies. Yeah. He did Solo, The Mandalorian, so... Yeah, it's it's it was really funny, though, but it's just this picture of Joanna Cassidy and this guy sitting at, like, a picnic table on stage covered in, like, a black tarp, <laughs> and he just looked... He looked so depressed, and they both looked really sad. It was like, oh. Well, hopefully he recovered from that horrible embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thankfully, uh, Ghost of Mars came out. It was a massive hit, critically and uh, commercially. <laughs> Pretty much and made never his had career. any issues. 
I, I read a quote from Ice Cube that said he he said it was the worst movie he did, and he said that that he was really let down by the special effects. And I was like, that's what you were let down by? It's, it's, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Triple X Two. What is it? Not State of the Nation. It's something like that. State of the Union. Ice Cube? State of the Union. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't even think like you know other than what I said the uh, the balloon scene. There's nothing really egregious that stands no, out. Like, no, not really. No, yeah. So I don't know what he was talking about. Oh, really. wait, we forgot that when uh, Natasha gets possessed by one of the ghosts. Oh, yeah. And she has a she takes her drugs and she's like, not today. And she has this really unrendered um, dream sequence of the aliens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's cool, though. I mean, it's it kind of looks like a new metal music video, but yeah. it's, it's all right. It kind of flashes back to. Uh, so we see that I guess the ghosts are actually this previous inhabitants of Mars, mm-hmm. I guess. And they show this big army. It's basically like Big Daddy Mars in his previous form. But they're kind of like these like bug creatures. Yeah. And I thought they were CG, and so did April. And then at the very end, because the uh, effects person was Greg Nicotero, uh, KNB Effects did the uh, stuff for this movie. And it said like... Puppet, puppeteer. Mars puppeteer. Mars alien puppeteer. There so is they, no way those were puppets. They, I think we got a, an ins- a spawn instance here. <laughs> It was hard to tell though because it was like a crossfade. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. it was. I I thought it was CG, but then we we're like, oh, I guess it was a puppet. But maybe there was. Maybe it was both. It, it was very blurry and soft. So you know, mm-hmm. it's it may well could have been CGI that they just did afterwards and just didn't tell anybody. And so after she takes the drug and she gets the alien out of her system, which by the really, way she uh, she barfs the alien up, <laughs> which is weird that. It, I, I thought the film was going to go in the direction of like everybody take drugs. Exactly. That way the aliens can't get us, but it never really comes up again. It, no. it, that makes no sense. Like we mm. know how to defeat or at least get them out of people. Like give everybody these pills. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she only had a few to go around and she wanted them. Oh, I forgot Maybe to she mention was another just, uh, real there, selfish. There was another CG when she gets high, the locket that she has oh, kind yeah. of morphs and becomes three-dimensional. That actually looked pretty cool. Yeah, that actually yeah. did. It was like this it's kind like of enter like enter the uh, void. It's kind of this cool like engraving on it becomes like 3D and starts like twisting around. It looks pretty cool. So finally, uh, they do their big plan, which is to run to the train again. <laughs> again. Yep. Yep. And they get on the train. And then uh, Hendridge is like, oh, we got to go back because I have to blow up the nuclear power plant. Yeah. So they've already left. Uh, <laughs> they made it out. They, they were, made it free. out. They're saved. And then she's like, I got a plan. Stop the train as soon as you get out of town. So what? Yeah. She wants to go back. And going back kills everybody except yeah, for her and, and Ice Cube. What's weird about it is like, what will setting up? Why do you think that setting off a nuclear explosion will kill these ghosts? Yeah, it, like you don't want to kill. They've already established again and again that you don't <laughs> yeah. want to kill these bodies because then the ghosts will just be roaming free. Yeah, and go into <laughs> yeah. other people. So she maybe literally, Natasha. She just wants to take over Mars, I, and this is her plan. Hey, that's possibility. They should have got a big vacuum. <laughs> yeah, they should have. Yeah, <laughs> or just like really strong fans, or and a floby. It'll yeah. <laughs> suck them up. Um, and Natasha and Ice Cube have a conversation where she's like, "Tell me how you are, you." And he's like, "I'll only tell you when there's a rising tide." Yeah. This is important because it comes back later in the movie. Yeah, but then there's like a final action scene that seems very poorly planned out, where like. They get off at the nuclear power plant, which is like 10 feet away from where all the Martians are. Yeah, it looks like, it seems like the train has been going for like 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. 
And the Martians just see them instantly, start attacking them. Everybody dies. Yeah. You know what? I may have looked away, but I don't remember seeing Jason Statham die. So how does he get it? Uh, They just surround him and just like, he's like, oh, you don't really see any graphic. That's such a unceremonious end Uh, for his character. I know why. It's because Jason Statham was like, oi, maybe I'll be back for the sequel. Yeah. No. Um, well, also earlier in the movie, so he's hitting aggressively, hitting on Natasha the entire movie. He's like calling her a lesbian, and like there's like gay, gay slurs, slurs and she's like, "I'm not going to sleep with you. You're disgusting." And then at one point, he's like, "Come into this room," and she does, <laughs> and he's I like, "I have something to show you." Yeah, <laughs> I have something to show you, and he's like. Let's have sex because there's no other time. And she fucking kisses him and they're about to have sex. They get interrupted, but I can't believe she relented. She has no reason to want to sleep with this jerk. Well, she's just like, yeah, okay, whatever, sure. Just Maybe like, she was planning on like biting his penis off or something like that. <laughs> yeah, they, well, that's emasculate the, him. It's a head cannon. Head cannon. Get it? <laughs> we got to get the Ghost of Mars novelization. I'm sure it expands on all of this. And you know there's a novelization out there. Yeah, by Alan Dean Foster. It's probably, I hope so. I can see it being like a graphic Mark novel. of quality. <laughs> yeah, that would, actually, because John Carpenter is writing uh, comic books now. Yeah, oh. uh, writing comic books. Quote, unquote. Is, um, just like Stan Lee, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you can use my name. Just put the check right in my hand. <laughs> put it in the check slot that says checks for $1 million only. <laughs> Whoa, to write a comic book? Man, John Carpenter's got a good deal. That weed and uh, gets basketball bets don't pay for themselves. What is John Carpenter doing right now, guys? He's under quarantine. He can't watch basketball. Oh my this is God. the worst nightmare of them all. Yeah, he can just sit on his couch playing video games and smoking weed. He can still uh, make music on his cool keyboard. Hey, man, that guy is living the life of a king. It's just, this is amazing. Right. He gets to go like play concerts where he just like sits at the keyboard. Sometimes yeah. he's playing, sometimes he's not. Yeah, he like spins <laughs> around, points to the crowd. They're like, "Woo!" Yeah, he kind of like they prop him up like some animatronic puppet or something. Yeah, <laughs> you can just they see could the- have like John Carpenter lookalikes, and we just don't know. It's true. Yeah, we're so know. far away. I mean, we didn't see him in a huge concert hall, but yeah. um, we were pretty far away. Yeah, we were kind of at the back, but we were high mm-hmm. up. We could see, but. Yeah, they have him sort of doing just the one keyboard, one finger kind of keyboard notes and stuff. And everybody else is kind of carrying the weight, but whatever. So the movie ends with a fight on a train. Big Daddy Mars gets a pretty lame um, comeuppance. He just explodes in a fake CG explosion. After screaming his tagline. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And then we cut back to uh, the, uh, I guess, framing story of her talking to this boring committee. Yeah. Well, like her and Ice Cube have a little moment on the train where they're the only two survivors and they kind of made a connection. They respect each other. And he she's like, I'm going to bring you back, but I promise I'll vouch for you. There's no way they're going to put you in jail. And then he handcuffs her and it's like, I'm not going back there. What are you? What are you crazy? So yeah, he and then, takes uh, off. Yeah. And, and then, then he, uh, yeah, activates his rocket boots and flies off into space. <laughs> flies back to his home planet. Pre- presumably, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, after this whole speech. The people on the board are like, what are we going to say? That there was ghost on Mars? (laughs) I forgot something. That there's an explosion in this movie. Like, they set off the nuclear blast. And it cuts to, like, space. Yeah. And it looks like, like, one-eighth of the planet has been nuked. I saw that. Everybody would be dead on this planet. Everybody. Just the fallout alone. Yeah, it's like the beginning of Armageddon. (laughs) 
that's right. Oh, not the classic Michael Bay film. <laughs> no, the, the actual, actual Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah. So, uh, and then it cuts to our hero, Natasha, sleeping. Of course. I guess. And she gets up and she's wearing, you know, sleeping stuff, underwear, shirt. One last look, I guess, for the guys in the audience. Yeah. She's Was that like, like a tribute to Alien or something? Yeah, maybe. Probably. Yeah, that's what and I thought of, actually, because she's dressed kind of like Ripley at the end of the She's wearing like a tank top and underwear. And then, oh no, it seems like the ghosts have taken over wherever she is. Oh, I think the door kicks open and there's Ice Cube. And yeah. he's got this amazing like silver-plated uh, Mac-10 yeah. gun. And he goes, Tides up. And he throws her the gun. <laughs> and then it ends with them just like shooting at nothing and... It ends and it's it ended like a like a buddy cop movie. Yeah. So I have to point out this whole like last part of the movie was in every trailer. Oh man. <laughs> it's like, wow, this is what we're getting into. Yeah, no, no, that'll be in the next buddy movie. cops and they're going into it and it's like when you watch in the theater, I could I bet like everyone deflated when they saw that in theaters. Yeah. Like do you think it was supposed to be a sequel setup because John yes. Carpenter's movies aside from Escape from L.A., mm-hmm. don't really have sequels. And, Halloween? Or, or do you think the, the, like the studio was like, you, everything has to have a sequel set up now? It could go either way. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it was like a good way to end it, I guess, but, you know, leave it open-ended. Yeah. It is weird that they walk off screen and you just hear gunfire. Yes. Yeah, and you don't Cheers. see what they're shooting at. <laughs> but then it's they like, do... hey, can I see the fun stuff going on? <laughs> yeah, really. They do show a high angle of uh, the Martian city, the main city, and then you see the big smoke plume, like, barreling towards it. Mm-hmm. So basically... Her deciding to nuke all these people in the mining camp was the cause of this apocalypse on Mars you that's could, about to happen. You could assume that, yes. Like, that was yes. the dumbest decision she could have made. She sucks. She was responsible yeah. for this city getting destroyed. <laughs> all right, well, yeah, that's Ghost of Mars. I don't remember what April said was her favorite thing. I think the drug trip outs. I said yeah. the drug trip outs, yeah. Okay, we'll give you that one. So what do we have left to watch Ghost of, I mean, John Carpenter-wise, <laughs> Ghost of Mars? Uh, I like vampires. What other Ghost of Mars media can we consume? I want to see Vampires. It's on Netflix. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> we can do Vampires. Well, I'm going to watch it regardless. <laughs> but yeah. Um, uh, uh, Ghost of Mars, by the way, on iTunes. Um, you can buy it for five bucks if you want. Yeah, it's $4.99. Uh, uh, by the way, in the uh, end credits, which I watched the in, in their entirety, um, Jeff Amata was the stunt coordinator. Jeff Amata again. Yeah. So was the uh, director of Atomic Blonde and John Wick, David Leach. He was one of the stuntmen on Whoa, that. Wow. Cool. And uh, Al Leung was uh, was one of the stuntmen too. Mm. I guess Jeff Amata and Al Leung are just like a team. Yeah. They just go everywhere together. Yeah. As soon as I saw Jeff Amata, I was looking for Al Leung's name. I'm like, oh, there he is. Mm. Well, I read uh, on the IMDb a quote from John Carpenter, which was that. Um, this movie was misunderstood and people, people didn't really get that it wasn't supposed to be serious. He's like, this is the most ridiculous movie I've made. How could anyone possibly take it seriously? And the failing of this movie is that it didn't get the tone quite right because it has mm-hmm. all of the um, ingredients for a schlock space action movie, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't come together quite right. And I think that that's mostly a problem with the script and the casting. Yeah. Do people. you think that uh, John Carpenter sitting at home going, I should have put more dissolve. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's certainly a funny aspect to it, but people seem to think that this was uh, supposed to be serious and therefore it just came off as lame. Yeah. But like reading his quote, 
uh, he's sort of describing the movie as this sort of lighthearted 80s, you know, over the top action movie. And it's like, I, I'm not seeing that in the actual movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't no. think he went far enough if that was his intention. There, there should have been more over the top violence, I think. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there should have been that. And there should have been like, I don't know, like a wrestler, like a, at a Roddy Piper uh, <laughs> as one of the people. Oh, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, but yeah, I think that Natasha really brings down this movie. Yeah, I think Ooh, she's ouch. She's very, very flat. But I was sort of reading that she had a rough time on this movie because she had done two other movies previously back to back. So she was just really wiped. I think she was pregnant as well. Whoa. I know that she was hospitalized for like exhaustion because this was a heavy action movie. Yeah, they had to shoot the or uh, shut the shoot down for like two weeks or something while she recovered. Mm -hmm. But um, her boyfriend is actually in the movie. He's the fourth guy on the team. (laughs) Yeah, the one that nobody cares about. Exactly. He doesn't even have very many lines. He's not even on the poster. (laughs) No, No. but he gets beheaded very well. Yeah. He's the guy who loses his arm. He's like, oh. Yeah. yeah, so she wasn't supposed to be in the movie. It was going to be Courtney Love, I had read. <laughs> I, you know what? That would have made it feel more comedic. Exactly. I think, so, yeah. I think it would have worked better. But then, like, Courtney Love, Courtney Love had to bow out because her boyfriend ran over her foot with a car. <laughs> and then. I, I hope that's true. Yeah. And then uh, Jason Statham was supposed to play Ice Cube's role. And then uh, he got booted because they wanted Ice Cube's star power. <laughs> Which he has, but I don't know if I would call it star power. Yeah, he's kind of just he's a music star. He power. doesn't bring a lot to the role. He's very kind of one note. But uh, again, yeah. if it was like Roddy Piper playing himself, yeah, it's like Roddy Piper. He got to Mars. He went crazy. Yeah, or if yeah. it was like modern, you know, present day Jason Statham. Mm, I think yeah. he, he could have brought a lot of like character to that role. I, I didn't think. hate Statham's performance. No, no. He was just playing like a gross skeezy character. <laughs> but I think that Ice Cube does have tons of charisma, but it just was dialed back a little too much in, yeah. in this movie. Yeah. yeah, he's a little muted. Yeah. Tides up. <laughs> yeah, he's got all the good one-liners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the good. Uh, so anything else about Ghosts of Mars? You didn't like uh, Big Daddy Mars's one-liners? No. <laughs> I think we've talked about Ghosts of Mars enough. All right. <laughs> and then we can finally put it to bed. <laughs> Colin's like, oh, man. man. He like throws a whole notebook in the fireplace. Now I'm going to go back and going to buy this movie for four ninety nine. Yeah, well, that's you right. Can, you can tell we're, we're John Carpenter fans. So uh, I would definitely recommend uh, seeing this movie. Yeah. It doesn't, I don't think it quite deserves the reputation that it oh, has. Oh, yeah, it has a terrible reputation. Yeah, and I, for me too, I mean, I, I sort of misremembered it. I just remember it being very dull and I wasn't really mm-hmm. paying attention to it, but I actually kind of enjoyed it this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to email the podcast, we're at uh, uh, no such thing as a bad movie at gmail.com. Our Twitter is uh, no such thing pod. And uh, you want to support us on Patreon, we're patreon.com slash no such thing as a bad movie. Uh, at the $5 level, you get a bonus episode every other week. And uh, did we mention yet that we <laughs> that the next one's Veronica? I think we yeah, did. Yeah, we did. We did at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so you guys talked about it for 20 minutes? Yes. Uh, yeah, it was a struggle to, to drag it <laughs> out for 20, 20 minutes. minutes. <laughs> There's nothing to talk about in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> So look forward to that. Coming coming out soon. Uh, yeah, the hard sell. <laughs> yeah, pay us money to listen to it. Well, I, I I don't have the the list with me, but I just wanted to thank. Uh, we've had uh, a few a few patrons uh, join uh, mm-hmm. over the past week, and I know it's been hard for everybody stuck at home and. Uh, 
I like I've been listening to tons of podcasts. I that's something that I absolutely love to do. And now I finally have time to listen to all of the <laughs> ones that have been in my queue. So I just wanted to thank all the listeners and um, people that have been recommending stuff and uh, uh, all our supporters on Patreon. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, if you want to tweet at me, I'm uh, at April Atmansky. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DeClouj, D-E-C-L-O-U-X and the letter J. I'm also on Letterboxd under Justin DeClue, and I do a podcast every week called The Important Cinema Club. Ooh. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter um, at Sergeant Zima, S-G-T-Z-I-M-A. And I would also recommend The Important Cinema Club. I just caught up on like six episodes that I had <laughs> that I had in my queue, and it's a good show if you want like the humor of this show, but you want to learn about movies. Mm. It's edutainment. Hey, we're, we're informing yeah, people. About... I would say that this has been a good lecture on Ghost of Mars. Yeah, man. <laughs> if that's what you want to hear about. This is the absolutely. most anybody has talked about the Ghost of Mars. I also. <laughs> the Ghosts of Mars. Oh. <laughs> the Ghosts of Mars. Uh, I also been using Letterboxd more because uh, I'm really bored. So if you want to read my one um, one sentence reviews on Letterboxd, uh, I think I? it's just at April Atmansky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so that'll do for this week. I will see everybody soon. Well, I'll I'll hear everybody soon, um, or they will hear us. Uh, <laughs> Who I'm, am I? I I'm possessed by a ghost of Mars right now. <laughs> I am April Atmansky. I'm Justin Glue, and I'm Colin Cunningham. And remember, there's no such thing as a bad movie. There's no such thing as a. <laughs> Me and Colin have dueling shtick we're trying to do as the episode ends. <laughs> I'll just offset them. I'll cross-dissolve. Oh, yeah! <laughs>